Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. Welcome to the Modern Coach Podcast. You're listening to episode number 12, the most profitable and best habits for coaches. Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and you're about to learn the new way that coaches are building thriving businesses online by rising out from the shadows, owning who they are, and finally understanding the business of coaching. Get ready, because this is where we shed the old age thinking of coaches everywhere and say yes to owning a happy, healthy business that not only impacts people everywhere, but gives you the freedom to do what you want, when you want. This is the Modern Coach Podcast. Hello, a new week um, means a new episode of the Modern Coach Podcast. And I thought this week we would start with great habits that every single coach needs to have. Because I don't know about you, but when I first started in this industry, I was trying to figure out, like, what are the things that I need to do in order to be successful? Who, 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 who? And this is one that I get asked probably the most around from like the coaching perspective right like what what is the one key to success and I think there are a few and I think that you know as I get more successful as I discover more and more of the inner modern coach within me my routines and habits have changed and my relationship with the word habit has changed too so what is a habit a habit is something that you do over and over again until you stop thinking about it one of the biggest struggles that I have always had is like the morning routine, right? I always assumed that as, you know, as we've all probably read the 5am club, I've met Hal Elrod. He's really great. He's really lovely as is his wife. But, you know, for me, reading that book, I was like, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could be the person that gets up at five and gets everything done in the morning I've just never been that morning person. And it used to really bother me that, you know, as a coach, I'm supposed to be really great at habits, right? But I just wasn't (laughs) for the longest time. Uh, Habits was one of those things that sort of eluded me. And, you know, I think that it's really, really important that every single one of us remembers that it's your business. You get to decide what schedule is good for you. If you have really tiny babies and you have, you know, a very full life, and your routine does not allow you to get up at 5am, that's okay. The majority of the habit books were written by men who have full-time caretakers in terms of like their wives look after the babies full-time. So they are able to get up at the crack of dawn, lock themselves away in their office, do their sexy, you know, morning routine, yoga, whatever, MMA training, yada, 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 then do all of the things that they need to do. And then they come back home to their families. Whereas most of the coaches that I work with, they're doing yoga and their kid is crawling underneath the mat. And, you know, they have to walk the dog and something is going wrong and the sink is leaking and it falls all on my client's shoulders to, to figure it all out. 
Now, that's not to say that, obviously, like, that's a perception. There, There is always two sides to every story. She doesn't have to figure it all out. Someone else can walk the dog. Someone else can fix the sink and so on and so forth. But I think when we think about habits, we listen to the to the advice of men, usually, around these topics who do not have the same problems and who do not have the same expectations upon them. And I think that this is something that is, again, shifting in our modern world. And I think something that we need to think about because at the end of the day, you, as let's face it, the majority of, of my followers are women, nothing against men, but you you as a woman and me as a woman, you have different expectations. You have, you know, your period. You've got shit like menopause to deal with. You've got kids. You've got other, you know, you've got other expectations upon you. And I think that a lot of, again, like a lot of these habit books that we read about in terms of AM and PM routines, they're written by men. And I think that's something that is worth remembering. So if you do not have you know, the most perfect morning routine or nighttime routine, then it is okay. No one is going to judge you, especially not in this space. It's fine for you to be lax in the mornings. In fact, I don't get up until 9.30 most days. <laughs> My coaching calls never start until 10. Like, I, I just don't have calls before 10 a.m. And that's the way that I choose to live my life. Because I, I can make my own schedule. That does not mean that, you know, I don't necessarily... I will get up and I will go to yoga. Or I will get up and I will go and, you know, go for a little walk or enjoy my morning. But I don't start work at the crack of dawn. It's not enjoyable for me to wake up at 5, write all my content, get everything done... I was doing that when I was at uni, right? And I was traveling all the time and I had two jobs. For me, you know, that that type of schedule doesn't work for me at where I am at in, in my life. Now, I do not have kids, full disclosure. I do have a little sister that I look after sometimes, like, for throughout the year. She will be my sole occupying, you know, it's, it's sort of like having, you know, <laughs> renting kids, if you like, because <laughs> I still have to do the morning routines and all the things. And that does complicate my schedule a little bit. But in a normal day-to-day -day capacity, I, you know, my routines are reflective of the type of life that I want to lead. And I want to encourage you to look at what are the routines that you want to have in your life. Now, if you're telling me, you know what, it would make my life so much better if I had a morning routine, then fine, let's talk about it. And like a lot of my clients and I do have those, those conversations. For me, it's much more important to have a really productive nighttime routine than it is to have a morning power-up routine. I will have like a morning power-up little like little thing that I do before I get, get set into my desk. Like I will stretch, I will, you know, do a little tapping, I will have a lot of water, I will maybe dance around my office sometimes if I feel like it, and then I will sit down and I will be ready to work no matter where I'm at. In the nighttime... It's really, really important for me to wind down, to do some mindset work, to to put into practice my coaching habits. And it's way, way, way more important for me to do that than it is for me to, you know, have a really productive three-hour morning routine. For you and your coaching habits, I want you to get into the practice of, am I powering up? in the correct way, as in if I, am I getting in the right mind space when I'm sitting at my, sitting on my desk and doing work? And am I powering down in the most effective way? 
And I think those two are like the most important habits for me is like, how do we start and how do we end? Sometimes we, we like the, that saying, like start with the end in mind. For me, like that's where everything clicked. I'm a night owl. I like to work at night. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I also, you know, have respect for my family and for, for my partner who wants to do normal people things. So there had to come a point where I was no longer working at all hours of the day and I had enough respect for my relationship and for the people in my house to not be working in the middle of the night because that does not a productive life make for the two of us. So, like, again, there are going to be different dynamics that are layered on top of whatever it is that your life looks like. I just want to share with you, like, the basics of what I think great habits need to look like for coaches and what might be helpful for you to implement so that you have the most productive relationship with your work and with your life too. Because ultimately that's that's the only thing that we don't have an infinite amount of is time. And the way that you choose to spend yours, I think, is pretty important and it's a great topic to think about. So for me, number one in terms of great habits for coaches is definitely what are my AM and PM routines. So what does my morning look like? What does my nighttime look like? Again, so not perfect with these things. I do not really have a morning routine. I have a power-up routine for when I start working. But for you, that might be different. For you, it might be really important to have a great morning routine. And, you know, you might notice your productivity skyrocket. The one thing that I do, um, I have access to that I really love in the mornings, particularly when I'm procrastinating or when I, you know, need to get stuff done is I go onto this thing called focusmate.com and I'll link it in the show notes for you. It's this co-working site and whenever I am struggling to concentrate and struggling to get any work done or whenever I've just really like just not been in the mood <laughs> to do to do the work that needs to get done, I will go on to focusmate.com and I will do a co-working session and it immediately snaps me back into work mode because I have that forced accountability. So that really works for me and I would 100% recommend. I know a lot of people do their morning routines on focusmate.com and it becomes part of their like morning routine, right? Because they, they have to sign on and they have that forced accountability. And I think that works really, really well for a lot of my clients, particularly who have different circumstances to me. Then number two, a great habit for you to form is a sales habit. When are you asking for the sale? Do you have a sales habit in your business? What What are the things that we're doing every quarter? Like we look at things in 90-day cycles in my business. So it's like in the 90-day cycle, we have to be selling something. <laughs> and it's a habit like anything else. If you haven't been asking for the sale, you are not in the habit of asking people to pay you. And that's a problem. You're a business owner. Business owners make money. Your business equals your sales. Therefore... Do you have a sales routine? Do you have a sales habit in your business that you can rely on to bring you cash every, you know, every 90 days, every 30 days, every whatever, seven days? And what does that look like? So your sales routine is is very, very, very important because it's going to inform the rest of your business habits, right? Then your mindset routine, right? I think that sale, like if we if we don't have a sales routine, then a lot of the time we don't really have a mindset routine. Or we might have a really, really long ass mindset routine, but that eclipses the sales routine. What does your mindset routine look like? Are you spending a lot of your day doing mindset work? If that's the case, why? <laughs> 
why are you doing all the mindset work in the world and not actually actioning and living your life? I, I was this person, so I'm lovingly calling myself out too, where for a season in my business, I was convinced that I had all of these mindset issues, that it was, everything was just, everything was wrong. I had all like, oh my God, I'm not worthy. I'm not this. I'm not that. Oh my God, I'm not lovable. All of this bullshit that was coming up to the surface. That don't get me wrong, like we all have these insecurities. However, that does not mean that we need to be spending all day long thinking about mindset. You are a business owner. Again, your business needs you to function. Your business does not need you to go and do a ritual in the middle of the day because your business needs something else from you. And look, there's nothing wrong with you doing a ritual or two or there's nothing wrong with you having a mindset routine. But is it taking up your quote-unquote work time and how much time are you spending in your doing your mindset work versus how much time are you actually doing work work? Like, can we, can we look at the balance between the two? And can we look at how many working hours do you actually have on your calendar? And what are you doing in those working hours? I think the most interesting thing is that as a coach, you're your own boss, right? So you need to have that discipline for yourself to be able to, to say to yourself, wow, am I actually doing the work that needs to be done? Or am I just doing, you know, a bunch of journaling that isn't leading me anywhere? Again, like, great, have a mindset routine. But is it leading you to an outcome? Is it helping you do something with whatever the newfound clarity that you've got? And I see a lot of coaches who are like rolling in the dough and are, you know, multiple six, seven figures. And they're like, you know, I've just spent this last week in a cocoon of my own mindset, like really working on myself and really going deeper. And I'm like, oh, great. Like you have the systems, the processes and the team to do that. Most coaches do not. And I think when you're at, at, at the do not stage, then it's a balance. It's a how can I balance my business and what my business needs from me? And how can I balance working on myself and my own limitations? I personally will only ever do like positive tappings in the morning. Like I'm going to have a great day. Today is going to be a great day. Blah, 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 blah. Unless like I've got, I don't know, a migraine or something coming up very specifically. But in the morning, I will usually just do very positive tapping. If I want to work on something, I will do it in the evening where I can then process my emotions and I can go to sleep and let my body do the processing. I will never do my mindset work in the morning. I know that a lot of coaches advocate for it. I personally don't because I find that it just, it puts me off kilter. I'm processing, like I'm not in the mind space to then do some productive kickassery. I'm just not. And I think that most coaches have a very similar relationship with a mindset routine too. So a great habit for you to have is, yeah, have a mindset habit. Have, have the things that you do on a monthly, weekly, you know, daily basis and, and have that be part of your routine. For me, tapping is a routine. I love it. It's absolutely an integral part of my mindset process, as is going to coaching, as is learning, right, and doing things for myself. I do that at very specific times to make sure that I have a habit, right, that is outside of my working hours, right? I don't see my mindset routine as part of my work as a coach. And I think that lots of coaches would make a lot more money if they adopted that same mindset. Number four, in terms of great habits for coaches to have, coaching routines, coaching habits. Do you have a recharging habit? Like after a long, if I have too many coaching calls in one day, 
which sometimes happens if I travel, for example, and I take, you know, a week or two off, then I will stack my coaching calls or like whenever I do VIP days, they're typically in one week. After I've done all of that work with my clients, I need to have a recharging routine. For me, it looks like a bath. It looks like, you know, an intention. It looks like an essential oils. It looks like journaling. It looks like tapping. And, you know, depending on whatever it is that we covered, it will change. But it's really, really important for me to have a recharging habit after my very intense, when we're doing a lot of processing with clients, I need to have a space to recharge. So, for example, when a few weeks ago I was staying with my mom for a month and a half due to some personal circumstances in her life, it was really fascinating because obviously I don't live with her, like I have my own house, I live with my partner and and he knows <laughs> that after a long day of coaching or if I do VIP days or if I do a lot of interviews, I need to recharge my energy and I need to just be quiet and I need to go within and I need to cleanse myself of that energy and I need to like do some cord cutting or whatever it may be. Whereas if you're living with people who don't understand it, you know, they don't understand that you need to go and like barricade yourself in the bath for an hour. And I think a lot of the time it's it's interesting when you're in, a, in an outside situation, when you're outside of the normal routine of life, do you have that habit and do you adhere to that habit? Because I was like, I'm going in the bath <laughs> and I don't care what anyone says. Like, I will speak to you all tomorrow. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm dead to the world. I'm going to do my routine, my habit that, that gets me into, you know, the correct quote unquote space for me. Because in order for me to be a functioning human being who is contributing to the conversation at large, I need to recharge my own batteries. And I think a lot of the coaching habits that I've developed come out of that, right? Come out of me wanting to be the best coach I can be, right? So I have a recharging habit. I have habits within my coaching practice, whether it's at the beginning of the week, at the end of the week. I have a cord cutting habit as well. Like whenever I offboard a client, I will be very, very intentional with how I end those relationships. And again, like I will have an even, for me, the main one really is maintaining my relationship with my clients and recharging at the end of like the very emotional conversations. Sometimes I'll get off a coaching call and I'm like high on life and I'm so excited. And sometimes when we've processed a lot of feelings, obviously I'm facilitating and I'm holding space for the client. And even though I'm not in the situation, that situation is outside of me. I'm infusing my energy into the coaching bubble, but I'm not in the bubble itself. I'm just holding the space. Sometimes holding the space can feel um, emotionally hard because, again, mirror dimensions, see previous episode for what I mean there, right? But it's still, even if you're not necessarily in there and you're not processing the emotions with the client... It is still a toll on you and I think sometimes giving yourself the space to recharge and replenish your own energy is really, really important. Again, nine times out of ten, I jump off coaching clients full of beans and I'm like freaking excited. But for that one percent of the time, sometimes you just need to give yourself a little bit of extra love and attention. Now, the fifth habit for coaches is, of course, the 60-minute marketing method. If you do not know what that is, I would highly recommend you scroll back up and listen to the content process episode a few episodes back. It 
the 60-minute marketing method is essentially the habit of creating content. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that we do not batch content, that we create content on the daily, particularly when we are first starting out to get into the habit of, of constant content creation. Because in my experience, it's a, it's a lot more difficult to sit down and batch a bunch of stuff than it is to create daily, essentially, and to be more a little bit more reactive. Of course, as you get into the habit of creating, you can create and bulk create more content for sure. But I think that most coaches would benefit from being social on social media, which essentially means writing something every day. And, you know, you become better at writing content when you show up daily. The number six is your learning habit. Are you constantly learning something? Are you constantly innovating? Are you buying programs? Are you implementing those programs? Are you not only learning? Are you actually implementing the learnings that you're doing? I think that's a really great habit to get into is instead of buying and consuming a bunch of information, can you buy something, consume it, and then implement it? That's a habit in itself. If you're one of these people who buys programs all the time but never implements any of them then what's the point this is just like literally money wasted um I again got into the habit of making sure that I'm implementing a program from start to finish or at least as much as I absolutely can <laughs> depending on where my business is at right and I really made it a habit to implement to not only consume because for a while there particularly when I was at the beginning of my coaching journey I would just buy stuff and it would just be on the shelf. Like the amount of Pinterest courses that I bought, oh my God, you would weep. <laughs> and uh, do you think I implemented any of them? Absolutely not. I have no idea how to use Pinterest. So <laughs> that's that's one of those examples that I use all the time because it, it really is true. I just, I was not in the habit of implementing. I was in the habit of consuming and I want you to get out of that habit if that is a you. Okay, number seven, money habits. Are you looking at your money on a regular basis? I have a money date in my calendar every Friday. Me and my money have a, a sexy a sexy lunch together. We look at what is outgoing, what is incoming. We look at, you know, I track it. I look at it. I don't avoid it. I am excited for my money date. And I generally do love looking at my spreadsheets I love looking at what like what's been going on in my business and that is again a habit so many of my clients come to me and they have no idea what's going on in their accounts like zero clue and I think that is the biggest freaking shame ever because as a coach how can you expect to make more money if you're not looking at it actively and if you're not interested in seeing your situation or if you're avoiding it right we want to get comfortable with looking at it and we want to get excited about having a date with it so money is a habit like everything else like again a sales process is a habit looking at your money and putting in in place strategies to make more is a habit like anything else then number eight your fun habits like having fun and having a full life is a habit did you know that I didn't know that until I started doing therapy <laughs> and I realized all I was doing was working and I was calling it quote-unquote fun time. Don't get me wrong, I love my business. I am the first person to admit that I do get obsessive. I get, you know, overexcited. And one of the non-negotiables of essentially being my partner is that I will most likely be obsessive about business. That has always been the case. 
Um, the thing that I think is is more um, fascinating for all of us to look at, because if you're anything like me, then you're probably obsessive about your business too. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, particularly if you're like discovering a new toolbox or a new therapy. Like my mind automatically goes, oh my God, I can help so many people with this. Oh my God, I have to find everything out about this. And oh, I'm so excited to do this, this and this, right? And ah, oh, just that like that surge of energy get like just gets me so excited. Now, having fun in your life is a habit. Like you wanting to have fun activities is a habit. Like for me, when I first started going out with my partner, he was fascinated by the amount of traveling that I'd done. But traveling for me was a habit. Like I knew I had I had dates in my calendar set aside for traveling, and like I have my passport with me almost all of the time, just in case an opportunity came about. Like, that's a habit in itself. So when I say fun is a habit, you having activities in your calendar, you making time to do things like art classes, to do things like pottery, to do dance stuff, to do game nights, right? All of those fun activities that I prioritize in my calendar, like dancing, like, you know, game night, like going to plays, doing all these things, they're in my calendar because I've made it a habit to put them in my calendar. I will again, when I have my money date, sit down and look at, okay, well, what is the week looking like? What are my priorities for the week? And I track the amount of fun that I have. <laughs> like, <laughs> Again, tracking and metrics, my two favorite things. So I literally look at what is the fun score for the week? Did I have a sufficient amount of time to have fun? Did I not? And if that's the case, then, you know, why am I not having fun? Why am I not prioritizing fun? What needs to change? And what needs to, you know, shift? Fun is a habit like anything else. And if you're not prioritizing putting fun things on your schedule, then this is a sign from the universe and from me to go and do something fun, right? If you're if you're stuck and you're like, oh my God, my life is not inspiring and it's boring, blah, 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 and I'm so stressed out and I'm burnt out, rawr, but you're not having fun, is it any wonder that you're feeling that way? We all, as particularly as coaches, we're usually creative beings and we need to get inspiration from somewhere. So it's your job to feel good. It's your job to have fun. Because otherwise, you're not embodying your inner coach. And therefore, how can you expect your clients to have fun, fulfilling lives if you're not, you know? So I will always prioritize the fun activities that need to, to happen in life because, well, what's, what's the point otherwise? If we're not having fun and if we're not enjoying the fruits of our labor, why, why are we doing the things that we're doing? Fun is a habit. Get into the habit of having fun. And then the ninth thing on my list, and the thing that came up as I was creating the outline for this episode, was family, right? Family in itself, I don't really want to make my family a habit, but if you are like me and you're from a, from a big sort of con interconnected family, then having family time is also a habit in your schedule, as in making time to do different things is habit activity and it's not necessarily I don't really view my family as a habit but I do think that some things on your schedule can be categorized as that like me looking after my sister over half-term periods that's a habit that's that happens over and over and over again every single quarter so therefore it's something that I can track and therefore it's a habit and I would look at you know 
what are the habits that you're in with your family? Do you have any successful habits? Do you have, you know, habits that will include your kids in your business? Do you have habits with your husband, with your partner, with your girlfriend or whatever? And if not, then what gives? Can you include them more in your in your coaching life? Or if you don't want to, then how can you have more fun? Like, I think family is itself is like a whole other topic. But I do think that as coaches, we sometimes don't necessarily appreciate, I don't think about the fact that we do lots of habitual things with our family and that we need to have a look at what is our relationship. So I think, you know, having a great relationship with your family and having routines and spending time with them is also an important aspect of your life. And it's a great thing for you to do. I know for a fact that like when I was single and I was making time for dating, like that was a habit, right? And when I was not, right, when I'm with my partner, again, like date night, that I would consider a family habit. If we don't have date night, then we don't have, you know, the intimacy that we need to have. And then we don't have the fun. And then, you know, I don't feel great, right? And as a coach, again, my job is to feel good and is to have fun and is to embody who I need to be and be in my integrity. So I would look at what are the family habits that you can install? For me, the non-negotiable one is date night is thing number one. And number two, like family is my number one value. I love my family. I love spending as much time with them as possible. So I'm always going to prioritize that over everything else. Um, for us, a habit is going on holiday every year. Like that's a habit that we, we all stick to. And it's one that I love too. So I would look at what are those non-negotiables for you and what are you prioritizing in your life? Because ultimately, you get to decide how you live, who you live with, what what is it that you're doing with yourself? And I think, you know, the number one thing that I get all my coaches to do is this, is I make them create a rules list. What are the rules for your new life? So if you've been inspired by this episode, I would love to encourage you to write your new like five to 10 rules of great habits that you're going to commit to from today onwards. And I would love for you to take a photo of the rules and send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Elisa K Coaching. And as you share your rules, I'll share with you my rules. And that can be a little bonus that you get this week. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope you uh, heard something new, useful with these nine habits that I mentioned. And I hope that you take one for yourself and implement it. And of course, you're always welcome to, to share your habits with me too. All right, have an amazing day. I will speak to you next week. Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news, Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.